Welcome to the Be That Healing Girl podcast. And this episode is all about why you get anxious in your relationship. And if you're an anxious girly, you cannot stop checking your phone, you're overthinking your, his text, then you are in the right place, okay? And this episode, I'm going to give you my personal thoughts and opinions on anxious attachment and relationship anxiety and attachment styles in general. And I'm going to spill the secret sauce on how to heal and what I've noticed in myself with my own journey and also with my one-on-one clients, what actually works. And I'm also going to share towards the end a tip on how you can actually start healing your anxiety in relationship or anxious attachment from a body-focused perspective, okay? So I'm going to give the hot tip later. And if you're into that, I am your host. My name is Claire, and I am seriously obsessed with keeping it real in relationship and helping high-achieving girlies who really are just slaying it in all areas of their life except their love life. That's you, girl. We are connected. So let's go ahead and dive in. Let me just like roll the tape back for a second around where I I just know where some of you are at, where you're doing all the things, okay? I remember I was doing yoga. I was doing the journaling. I was going to counseling. I was listening to the limited podcasts that there were. Their podcasts were not big like 10 years ago. I was... um, I said therapy. I was, I was just doing all the things. Okay. I was reading books and I just felt so stuck. And I felt like everything was just like, if we were going to throw darts at a dartboard, I felt like it was landing everywhere except for the bullseye. Like I just couldn't like really nail it down. And so when I look at back and I hate to say mistakes because I don't ever feel that when you are on a healing journey and you're giving it your your best college try that no effort is ever wasted. And I have to give credit to one of my yoga teachers. Like honestly, I think it was I can't even remember who it was. It's probably Michelle. But when I look back at that phrase and I heard it in a yoga room because basically the story the theme was that no matter what shape you're in, no matter how you feel in the day, just getting to your yoga mat, just showing up, that no effort you make in the practice, in just the fact that you showed up is is the yoga. And I really feel that your healing journey, journey gosh, words are hard, healing journey is the same way that no effort is really wasted, that it's not like you, you oh, I did my 200 yoga journal or sorry, yoga classes, or I did 200 journal entries, like, oh, that didn't work, scrap it. That's not how healing works. It, it doesn't matter if it's 200 or 2,000, that all of that effort is really cumulative and it's not going to look like a steady incline the whole time. In fact, if you know anything about success, it's not like a straight line from A to B. It's like, up, down, squiggly line, plateau, down, up. It's it's really progress over time that we want when it comes to healing. So when I look at your healing journey, it's the same thing, like no efforts ever wasted. So when I look back at what I was doing, it wasn't like I was doing it wrong or I, I, or I was wasting my time. It's no efforts ever wasted. And I truly believe very deeply on experiential learning experiential learning. What I mean by that is experiencing life, making mistakes, 
that's how we learn. I, I was the kid that had to touch the glowy orange thing in the toaster, okay? My mom, my sister told me it was hot, and I just was like that kid that said, ooh, glowy orange thing, and I had to, like, I had to get burned. That's that's what I had to do. So I just am not a believer of this was a waste of time or I, I it wasn't worth it. That's not how I view it. So instead of looking at what you've done as it was a waste of time or it was a mistake, all of it really counts towards the end goal. All right, let's dive in. So the first thing I really believe around attachment styles or anxious attachment specifically, by the way, I tend to go really fast with my words. So if I say anxious attachment, like just thank you for being patient with me. Anxious attachment. So I feel so often that when people try to heal anxious attachment, see it happened, anxious attachment, I jinxed myself, that they often try to just treat the symptoms, all right? They treat the surface level symptoms of anxious attachment. They go, okay, well, just don't text them. Get busy, make and by the way like being invested in your own life is super powerful but again I'll give other examples oh um just don't think about them put your phone away I mean all of those are beneficial but they're just so surface level they just try to treat the anxious attachment at at the level of the symptom here's another way of thinking about this so say you have a cough or a sneeze all right and most of us think, okay, just take a Robitussin or take a Dayquil or whatever. But what if that cough or sneeze was coming from allergies? Or if it was the other way around, what if it was a virus? If you just treat the sneeze at the level of the sneeze, you're not really actually treating the sneeze. Also, ask me how I know this. I had a major round of poison ivy. Over the whole summer, I was in Virginia visiting my sister, and I got poison ivy on my neck. It was horrible. And this is just an example of how treating just the symptom was not actually what was helping me. I was on steroids. I was on steroids for almost like 90 days, not even, maybe 60 days. Okay, that was a lot. But I was on steroids for a long time, and you're not supposed to be on steroids for that long. And that was telling me, and telling my naturopath that I, that was the, the steroids were in fact number one making it worse and also I was not treating the core of what was going on so I also feel that so many people uh, uh, try to heal their anxious attachment in the same way they're just treating the symptom all right we have to get to number point number two so Treating the symptom might work for a short time. It is not a long-term solution. Like, yeah, you might need to take a steroid, but it is not a long-term solution, all right? So you might treat, oh, I'm having a panic attack because he hasn't texted back. You learning how to calm down or dealing with that in the moment is only a short-term, short-term, right? It's not going to actually impact you for the long-term. So... The second point here is to go to the root, all right? Anxious attachment, attachment styles go very, very, very deep, all right? I cannot emphasize how deep they go. So you have to get to the root of your anxious attachment. You can't just treat the symptom. And the reason why you want to go to the root is because so much of anxious attachment and 
uh, attachment styles in general, they're about your subconscious, okay? Your, sub- your subconscious thoughts, your subconscious feelings, your subconscious actions, like what we are doing that we're not even aware of. That's what the subconscious in a nutshell is about. So you have to do the work that supports understanding what your subconscious is making you do, all right? And so your subconscious is wicked powerful. It's it's so incredibly powerful that it's, it's basically driving most of our behavior on a daily basis, okay? And so if you only treat your anxious attachment from the surface level, the symptom level, and number two, you're not getting to the root. You're just you're just going to be in a pattern. And and personally, that's how I felt. I felt like it was in a pattern where it didn't actually matter the guy that I was dating. I'll say that again. It didn't actually matter the guy that I was dating. So for example, I, I okay, read about anxious attachment. I, I thought to myself, oh, I know the solution to this. I'll just date and find somebody that was secure. Newsflash, that didn't work because I did not do the work on my subconscious. The wonderful, secure human being that I found, I blew it up. I absolutely nuked it. I just, because I wasn't looking at the deep subconscious. So if you're out there like, I just got to find somebody secure. If I find somebody secure, I'll be safe. No, you won't. Because if you don't do your healing, you'll just create another person in your life that is the opportunity to heal. All right. So I I started to realize, wow, okay, I, hello, I'm the drama. It's me. Thank you, T-Swift. But I really started to see, oh my gosh, like I am the common denominator that it's not the guy needs to make me secure. I started realizing that, wow, I am working through some issues over here. So that leads me to to point number three, which is I was not working on being deeply secure. In fact, it was the opposite. I was deeply insecure, all right? And I say that just to expose myself. I was wicked insecure. And I focused, a lot of that insecurity was stemming from just so deep. I'll talk a little bit about my root. But I was focused a lot. The reason I was so insecure in the past was because I was really focused on what I was doing, And I'll just talk from a body standpoint. I really felt like I was only valuable if I could literally do hard workouts or I could do yoga. I could do handstands. I could do 200 pounds on the barbell squat. Like I really like there was a lot of that's just a body focus of how I was deeply insecure. I felt like if I couldn't do those things, if I couldn't be a human doing versus a human being, I actually wasn't worthy. So a lot of my insecurity was based on I was putting my worth in what I could do or achieve. And some of you I know are high achievers, whether you achieve through getting letters behind your name, masters, PhDs. Some of you are human doers and you, I had a client that had like 20 doors of real estate, which is a lot. She was an investor, is an investor. And 20 doors is incredible. Like, I was mind blown. And she was like in her mid-20s. I 
I was not doing that in my mid twenties. Certainly not. I was I was binge drinking for goodness sake. So whether you went to school or whether you are self made, what however you seek achievement. To me, and for me personally, it was symptomatic of act. I only felt worthy based on what I was, I could do, what I could do for somebody else, what I could even prove more actually insidiously what I could prove to myself. So, and that sets up a really poor foundation for relationship because when we focus our value on what we do or what we can achieve, and that's the only way that we feel valuable which is basically a recipe for being deeply insecure, we're seeing love as transactional. If we, okay, and and transaction by that I mean, all right, I can only receive love if I do X, Y, Z. If I get 20 doors of real estate, if I get these letters behind my name, if I get my PhD, that is how I'm worthy of love. So that that underlying subconscious thought of doing equals love, that negates the whole premise of I want to I want somebody to love me for who I am, for who I'm being. Can you see the that there's a huge contrast? Those are opposite things. We we start to build the subconscious belief that I'm only valuable if I do. I have to do things to earn love versus what we all as humans what's the truth is that we we deserve love for who we are for who we're being not for what we're doing so I had to do a lot of unpacking with that around my belief systems my subconscious beliefs and thoughts and feelings around what it actually took for me to open up to a higher level of love and I'm so glad I did so which leads me into these are all kind of connected but I really was wrapped up in the doing this to be good, that I had to do things to be good. And that that went way back. So if we're going to look at the root, for me personally, that went back into my early young lived experience where I, the root of this went into, I thought I had to do things to be good, to deserve love, Right. And a lot of that for me personally, and again, for anxious attachment specifically, there was a lot of instability, a lot of reactivity, a lot of volatility in my lived experience, in, in my growing, growing up in my household. There was a lot of reactivity, volatility, a lot of unsureness is like the overall feeling that I had. I just wasn't sure when things could be safe. And I say that in, in because for you that might have been very different what unsure looked and felt like. But for by, I feel and I know that when I look at my clients and I look at anxious attachment in general, there's a, there's a lot of that kind of feeling that safety was hmm, not always promised. And uh, and then there's this other layer for I feel the the women that come into my community that there's also this layer of not only was there unsureness, reactivity, volatility, but there was a lot of pressure to perform or do or be good to be worthy of love, to get connection. So uh, I, I really noticed that the root of my anxious attachment came from a lack of feeling secure, a lack of um, being able to rest in who I was being 
Like I couldn't actually trust that I could be somebody worthy of not what I was doing, but just in my beingness, be worthy of love versus this thing that I was acting out and playing out in my life, which is I had to do or be or act a certain way to receive love. And so that took me a lot of time and effort and energy and investment to unpack, but I I have to tell you that it was worth it. So that's basically my, my over overview, overview, eagle eye view of attachment styles. And the last thing I'll say, and this is like a little bonus here, but I really, when I unpack this with clients and I do this in my, in my group self-study, the confidence code, it is really about understanding the root of attachment styles is based on fear. How we dealt with fear, what we did when we felt scared, how we protected ourselves, how we defended ourselves in order to survive. So that's just like a a whole rabbit hole to go down. But if, if we were to look at what is the root of attachment styles and how we can really heal them, it's understanding how our fear operates in, in our everyday life. And we all, we all developed ways to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves safe, to get connection in our family, with our parents. And so once you can understand your fear and how it kept you small, how it shaped you, then you can start to undo and unpack and do the work around healing your anxious attachment. So that's my that's my little view on attachment styles. And one other piece, and this is the little bonus tip on the body-focused approach, because I know if you are a high-achieving girl, you're smart, okay? You probably can show me your notepad with a step-by-step play-by-play of all the things you've done, okay? I know you. I know who you are. I'm that girl too. But one of the things that, that was actually that process and that act of doing and knowing was what was holding me back. So before you can even really do some of the mindset work, you actually want to start healing from a body perspective, from your nervous system perspective. And when you can actually be in your body and feel your feelings, this might be the first time you've heard it, but feeling is healing. We have to feel and allow our emotions to move through us. Otherwise, we will be controlled by them. We will be at the mercy of our emotions versus working in conjunction with and being with and mastering our emotions. And I I don't even like to say the word mastering. Ooh, I don't like that. But being with and being more in charge, right? Because I really feel that when it comes to our healing journey, it's about leadership. It's about being self-led. And great leaders, if you have a boss, if you've had a teacher or a mentor in your life, the best ones have a high connection. They're not barking orders at you. They're understanding you. They're feeling you. They're they're seeing from your perspective. And, and that's what I invite for us when we start to heal from a body level. So I recommend doing some strategies to heal from a body level. Uh, and one of the ways you can do that is um, by just practicing 
presence practices, practicing presence practices, but practicing how to be present. And I'll put some resources below in the show notes and in the description so that you can have some, I've got some free resources, I got some paid ones, so you can choose whatever, whatever level you want to play at. But truly being in your body is, it's foundational in being able to move through and heal the root of what's causing you anxiety. So that being said, check out the notes below, many resources. And since you're here and you're just playing around and clicking around, I am holding a little contest. For those of you who like or leave a review, leaving a review is actually how you win the contest. When you leave a review about what you've liked about these episodes, about following me, then you can absolutely win a chance to get a one-on-one session with me to help you with your relationship anxiety. So you have to leave a review to enter. I'll be, as we launch the podcast, I'll be posting that on my Instagram. So leave a review, hit the like, subscribe, all the things so that we can stay connected. And the next episode is going to be all about anxious attachment with avoidance. Okay. And I love this topic. I've been waiting a long time to go deeper with you. So I'm so excited. I hope this supported you in understanding why you get anxious and how you can actually start to heal from the roots up. All right. I love you so much. Be gentle. Mwah.